And just as before, before we submerge into the depths of our inheritance, the unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the laws of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we will continue our study of our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth within our heart that we have accepted into our heart by being instructed in the faith, revealing what we need to do from our side, what we so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Considering that the given truth, although it was presented by the apostles and prophets in Scripture, yet it was concealed and withheld from the previous centuries and generations. The reason for this is because it is a promise that belongs to the door of our hope that is called to be revealed at the end of the age by the power of God, by being instructed in the faith. And so only that category of saints that will enter into the category of the good wife who possesses the status of the narrow gate will receive the power to the right to inherit the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ for the price that they have paid to be students of Christ. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And to fulfill this given commandment, we see three destiny-affecting, commanding, and fundamental acts that we must do, put off, be renewed, and put on. We've noted that it is specific, specifically our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether we transform ourselves into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath, or more specifically, will the achieving our, of our salvation stand or happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee or will we lose it forever, which will result in our names being forever blotted out of the book of life? In a particular format, we already looked at the first two questions and stopped to study the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God and Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth? Relevant to this, we have studied and looked at a series of parables and events which allowed us to become familiar with the condition. Fulfilling this condition, we can, by the name of God, El Elyon, or the name of the Most High God, to destroy the stronghold of death in our body. This is the governing in a sin that identifies the essence of our old person with his deeds, so that with noise and forever we can thrust him out from within our body into hell with noise. And afterwards, we 
can erect the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of eternal life, in the place of the stronghold of death, within our body. We stop to study the next condition. We stop to study the mystery that is contained in the format of an allegory in the 18th Psalm of David. Here the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands in His magnificent allegory, according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High. The essence of this condition consists in this, that in the circumstances of our hardship, when we are putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our heart, saying, who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what do we need to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. The given allegory, these four specific uh, instructions, if they were understood by the people, they would be the happiest people on the earth. They would stop trying to do something because everything's been done. You just need to take what has been done and look at that and claim that for yourself. The given allegory is one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their violent conflict with the carnal mind in the form of King Saul and governing sin in the form of our old person with his deeds who supports our carnal mind. And so these three kings, they are in conflict in one body. The two kings are always united, the carnal mind and reigning sin. They unite against our spirit. And this king is our new person, of course, our spirit, our new person. It is the confession of the faith of our hearts, stating who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus. God can receive the legitimate grounds He needs to join the battle for our mortal body, so that He can shame the governing sin that is in our old person, that is in our mortal body by the power of His redemption, and thrust Him out with noise forever into hell. And all of this needs to happen at the door of our hope, before we will be raptured. We need to be clothed into the pearl nacre of immortality when we are studying the great Jerusalem in the revelation of John. This is not a Jerusalem that is in heaven, but on earth. The book finishes the tree of life bears fruit 12 times a year and leaves of the trees for the healing of the nations. We can make the conclusion looking at these words that this is about earth and heaven no one will need to be healed and no one will need to use these leaves leaves are a light to the nations to heal the people from their sins and so in character the per psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer for kings priests and prophets 
The virtue of a king consists in our mind being renewed by the spirit of our mind, which gives us the power to the right to control the emotional aspect that is in our body and put them under the bridle as a horse of battle. The virtue of a priest gives us the power to the right to approach God as a warrior in prayer so that we can perform legitimate intercession for the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. The virtue of a prophet gives our new person the right to enter into the Holy of Holies. This is so that we can hear the voice of God at the mercy seat as the lid of the golden ark within our heart and therefore give God the proper foundation to hear the voice of our intercessions so he can respond to us. First part of this psalm we've been reading and studying identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. And David was this king, priest, and prophet, and we are as well. Second part opens the, opens up the consistency of the legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver David from the hands of all of his enemies. Third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind. In the previous services, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens, the, opens up the consistency of the legitimate prayer itself. We will study this in the eight names of God Most High. It is specifically confessing the power contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And as for God, knowing and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names in the heart of David, provided God the right foundation he needed so that he can use the power of these abilities in the battle against the enemies of David. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy to be praised and have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrent of destruction overwhelmed me. And so we see here the names of the Lord, my strength, the Lord, my rock, the Lord, my fortress, the Lord, my deliverer, the Lord, my rock in whom I take refuge, the Lord, my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold, the Lord, my stronghold, Psalm 18, 1 through 4. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, studying the power of four names of God, my strength, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, and have stopped to study our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, studying the name of God, my rock in whom I take refuge as rock of Israel. The name Rock of Israel identifying the nature of the Most High. When it says Israel, that means it's a rock of a warrior in prayer. Israel as a warrior in prayer. Rock of a warrior in prayer. Identifying the nature of the Most High and the character of His Word in Hebrew contains the following unearthly virtues. Again, this name of Rock of Israel contains these unearthly virtues. Sharp end, edge of a cliff. Stone, a stone defense. Blood, the shadow of a cliff, victorious, elephant tusk, elephant ivory, eternal governing, the promise of imperishable food, and the comfort of peace. 
Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The Rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth, by clear shining after the sun. Although my house is not so with God, yet he has made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire. 2 Samuel 23, 1-5 We will remember that the existing nature of prayer where David confesses his lot contained in the eight names of God Most High, and in this specific situation, the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is a prayer that is made within the boundaries of a covenant made with God. Secondly, the given prayer is a strategic teaching which is called to be our calling and royal garments, so it can clothe us into the virtue of a warrior in prayer into the virtue of a king, priest, and prophet, who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring about governance over their mortal body. And if a person by being instructed in the faith has not accepted the given to him anointing to rule over his calling, this calling is his mortal body and and to rule in the status of a king, priest, and prophet so that he can clothe the mortal body into the pearl nacre of immortality, then this revelation will not be of any benefit to him. Therefore, the qualities and the lexicon provided to identify the name of God, Rock of Israel, as all the previous studied names of God, cannot be found in any dictionary of this world. The name of God, Rock of Israel, just as the other names of God, contains the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom we together, by collaborating with the power contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, are called to receive the victorious ability, to keep and increase our profit. We receive this profit by investing the silver of our salvation that we have turned so we can profit. This consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, to clothe our mortal body into the pearl nacre of immortality, it becomes vital for us to identify within each aspect of our essence the role of God as well as the role of man. As a common tragedy, the majority of Christian people, due to their ignorance, which is a result of their stiff neck, are inherently attempting to fulfill the role of God. This is to their own destruction. The reason is because when you fulfill the role of God, you present yourself as God. For example, when a person gives out the product of his mind that is mixed with the revelations that he receives by the preached word, then in this way, he places his mind equal to the mind of God. He hears the preached word and then adds to it. He mixes it with his own opinions. Or when a person serving God with tithes and offerings, instead of seeking God in his righteousness, he takes upon himself the role of God and seeks in this unique service as if liberty from the spirit of poverty and materialistic success, which he portrays as a special form of spirituality. 
Also, when a person, instead of growing the tree of life in the Eden of his heart, the heart that is has been previously cleansed from dead works and the fruit of a gentle tongue, and so instead of this, he seeks to demonstrate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit, instead of seeking the giver, the anointer, and the blesser. And one more significantly destructive product leading a person to eternal damnation is when a person, instead of seeking a relationship or communication with God by bearing to him fruits of righteousness so that he can be God's light for the world continues in his own personal righteousness, the wellspring of which is his personal flesh. And commits all of his efforts to evangelism that God did not send him to do and is enticed by prophecies that upon the list of his priorities are above the truth of the written word. And for this purpose, in order to differentiate our role from God's role in the study of our lot in the previous names of God, called to be a lot of our salvation, we have the necessity to study the following series of questions. First, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel? Second, what purpose in relation to achieving our salvation in the foundation of which lies the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ is our inherited lot called to accomplish in the name of God, Rock of Israel? Third, what price do we need to pay to provide God a proper foundation to be our Rock of Israel to achieve the salvation of our soul given to us in the seat of the kingdom of heaven in the format of a guarantee? And fourth, by what results do we determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel and as it relates to the achieving our calling, consisting in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Not having clear and exhaustive answers to these questions that we are able to receive exclusively by being instructed in the faith and within the strict order, the structure of God's theocracy in which the body of Christ functions. The body always has one head, not a council of heads. This is what it's talking about. That's how the structure of the kingdom of heaven is. He will not allow, God will not allow that someone give him tips and give him recommendations. When a person thirsts and waits for the revelations, just as the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters, then God begins to reveal his truth, his word. <clears throat> Again, <clears throat> if you don't, in a strict order, in the structure of God's theocracy in which the body of Christ functions, we will not have any ability to invest the receive from God's silver, which is the offer to a seed of the word about the kingdom of heaven, which is the guarantee of our salvation. This means that without a strict and voluntary obedience, to the preached word of a man. For all of the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20 If someone says there's no apostles today, then today you would not be able to receive a single promise from God. It says that all of the promises of God are given through these apostles. Not when we read the Bible, but when we hear, because faith comes up or rises not from what you uh, read, but what you hear, hearing the Word of God. Faith is information that comes from the heard living Word by a person who God, whom God has placed for this. <clears throat> we need to also keep in mind that if we study our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, but we study it as something separate from the faith of our heart and, the and separate from the confession of our mouth, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction. Because God in all of His powerful and 
and changing names is a lot of our inheritance only within the boundaries of this temple, which is the body exclusively, exclusively of a person who has grown in the Eden of his heart, the tree of life that bears fruit twelve times a year whose leaves serve as a light for the world. It is by the means of light that comes from the entrails of his spirit he possesses the ability to heal people of their sin, and in this way he is a partaker of the good wife and is part of the category of the chosen by God remnant. And before receiving the right to the power to confess your inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as an element of the faith of your heart, it is necessary to remove from ourselves or take off from ourselves the mantle of our intellect. <clears throat> who dares to inspect the word that is spoken by the mouth of his apostles and be clothed into the mantle of a student of Christ. As only the soil of the heart of a student of Christ is able to incline his ear before the word of the person who possesses the power of a father from God and his helpers, the soil can then be prepared to receive the seed of the planted word about the kingdom of heaven and then grow the seed into the fruit of the kingdom of heaven. So you can demonstrate your power <clears throat> in the fruit of righteousness that is demonstrated in justice and we will remember that only a person who thirsts to hear the word of God studies this word, lives by this word, abides or continues in this word, and the word of God abides in him is able to stand in battle against the ancient serpent and escape the deceiving nets traps of the devil so he can inherit the salvation of his body by the redemption of Christ. In a specific format, we have studied the essence of the first two questions in the previous services, so we will turn our attention to question three. There is the condition that gives the Holy Spirit the right foundation to lead us into the inherited lot that is contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. The essence of the third question, what price needs to be paid so that he can provide God or we can provide God a proper foundation to be our rock of Israel. First component of the price called to give God the proper foundation to be our rock that has been the element of our food and attention in the previous services consisted in our decision to heed the commandments of the Lord, which will give us the power to the right to come out of Babylon that lives within our body that mixes the revelations of the preached word to us. Uh, preach to us word with the product of our intellect. Again, the mixture of revelations of God with our personal intellect, as well as the Babylon, come out of the Babylon that represents our churches, that is the sermons of those who have authority, who mix and pervert the truth with the products of their intellect. Coming out then will allow us to find the good wife who possesses the virtue of the narrow gate. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grain of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare proclaim claim this, utter it to the ends of the earth, say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob, and they did not thirst when he led them through the desert. He caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. He also split the rock and the waters gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Isaiah 48, 18 through 22. And so the wicked are those who were previously holy and then converted themselves into those that are wicked because of jealous, uh, jealousy. They were jealous of those that are anointed by God, spreading bad rumors about them and wanted to take their position. Second element of the price that gives God the proper foundation to be our rock is our payment for the ability to dwell with the devouring fire of holiness. The sinner in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? 
And here's a response. Who can dwell? Who among us shall dwell the everlasting burning? He who walks righteously and speaks upright, he who despises the gain of oppression, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ear from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil, he will dwell on high. On high, he pl- uh, his place of defense will be the fortress of his rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Isaiah 33, 14 through 16. And so these rocks, God becomes uh, the lot of this rock for this person when he behaves this way. In the given allegory, the reward for our ability to live amongst the devouring fire of holiness of the Most High is presented in in four signs. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Third, bread from above will be given him, and fourth, the living water of the Holy Spirit received by us as the Lord and Master of our life, who has become water in our heart, will be sure or won't run out. At the same time, the price for the right to the power to live amongst the devouring fire that represents the symbols of the products that represents a symbol of the produced by us fruit of righteousness within our heart. And so again, to walk uh, at the same time, the price for the right to the power to live amongst the devouring fire is to walk righteously and speak upright in your heart, despise the gain of oppression, gesture with the hands refusing bribes, who stop his ears from hearing of bloodshed, and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. And before studying the conditions necessary in order to live amongst the devouring fire of the holiness of the Most High, we will look at the reward that will motivate us and will help us fulfill the necessary requirements in order to live amongst the devouring fire of holiness. First, we need to study the given reward in the form of information consisting in hearing the faith of God that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart and is joined by confessions of our gentle mouth or our disciplined tongue. And second, we need to study the given reward as a part of Zion in the form of a good wife that possesses the virtue of the narrow gate, because everything that God does within our heart, He does within Zion, by Zion and using the power of Zion, which is the place of His dwelling. If the given knowledge in the form of our belonging to Zion in the form of a good wife by whom we are called to obtain grace from the Lord will be absent in our heart, this knowledge will be absent in our heart as information of the faith of God, not only will this bring us no benefit but will help arrogance rise in our heart. Because knowledge that is not received into the soil of our heart in the form of the seed of the faith of God upon the strict requirements and upon a strict location will always make our heart arrogant or prideful. The first element of the reward that we are called to receive into our heart and upon which we are called to look upon with, with, uh, within our heart, just as Moses looked to the reward, is we will dwell on high. Otherwise, we will not have any opportunity to fulfill the, needs con- uh, the needed conditions to live in the devouring fire of the holiness of the Most High. God, before He gives a commandment, He also uh, lists the reward. Because if there's no reward, the person will not have any motivation to want to fulfill it. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
And so he fulfilled the condition he refused to be called. Why? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Hebrews 11, 24-26. He looked to the reward, and this helped him to uh, refuse uh, to be called son of uh, Pharaoh's daughter and also to destroy the Pharaoh and his army. The consistency of this reward consists in the preparation of a house for us upon the heights of the oath promises where we are called to count ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent in order to provide God proper grounds to perform peace upon the heights of our heart, which is the throne of His power or throne of His authority. Dominion and fear belong to Him. He makes peace in His high places. Job 25.2 According to this and other places of Scripture, we conclude that heights upon which God performs performs peace is symbolically the body of a holy person that is built into a house of the Lord, as well as the body of Christ, presenting the symbol of Mount Zion, which is the good wife. For God to perform peace upon His heights means, that is within our body, means to bring His word to fulfillment in the wise heart of a man, a man that has built himself into a temple of the living in him Holy Spirit. A wise heart is a heart that contains the two great witnesses that stand before the God of all the earth. This is the Thummim representing the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ and the Urim representing the governance of the Holy Spirit who reveals the mystery that is contained in the truth of the Thummim. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all of your name. Psalm 138, 2. And so God has magnified his word in his temple, which is our body. Considering that God has magnified the truth of His Word in the temple of our body upon the condition that our body contains a wise heart, we can conclude that God performs peace upon the heights of His Word that is magnified in the temple of our body and He needs a person to collaborate with Him upon the conditions of a student who pays the price for His learning. When the scriptures refer to heights upon which God performs His peace, in Hebrew the word heights means this particular heights means heavens, a high place, an elevated place, a high location, growth, this is spiritual maturity, back, the oath promises of God, a hill, a hill upon which we typically make a covenant with God, a military station, army of God, Mount Zion, the body of Christ, the good wife, as the narrow gate, the body of a man in whom the stronghold of light has been erected. These are the heights upon which God performs His peace. Therefore, identifying the heights of God upon which God performs peace, we need to consider the state of the heart of a man that has an organic membership to the heights of Zion in the form of a good wife upon the place a person then makes a covenant of peace with God. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great King. Psalm 48, 1-2. 
When God says that he lives upon the heights of heaven in the temple, which is the chosen by him remnant, and the broken heart of a man that trembles before his word, the word that is spoken by the mouth of his delegated ones, then he lives and performs peace upon his heights in three unique realms that are connected one with the other. And these are upon the heights of heaven, upon the heights of the temple, which is the body of Christ, and upon the heights of the redeemed by him heart in the body of a man. Therefore, identifying the heights upon which God performs peace is the oath-filled word of God that comes from three unique heights that are connected one to the other. God is vigilant over His word that it be swiftly fulfilled. It is addressed to the temple in the form of Zion and to the man that is a part of the Zion. Apostle James, identifying the height that exists within, within the heart of a man, said that such a person, being subject to belittlement by other men who are jealous of him, needs to glory in the exaltation, which means that he overcomes persecution as his reward. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, James 1.9. Therefore, the reward that consists in the house or dwelling place prepared for us upon the heights is identified in the Eden of our heart as the truth of the Word of God in the form of promises of God, making us partakers of God's divine nature by our organic membership to Zion, identified as the Sabbath of God in which the heart of God rests. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasures on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you in the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 58, 13, 14. We know that the Sabbath is the body of Christ, where the Lord finds his rest. In the time of the law of Moses, that is, that in its symbols and writings contained the mysteries of the redemption of man, whom God foreknew and predestined, so that he be in the likeness of his son, God always revealed himself upon heights of specific mountains from which he gave his law, his help, and his deliverance. God always called a person to his mountain where he revealed himself and gave his, provided his help. Then Saul drew, drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place. For you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. First uh, Samuel 9, 18, 19. Every time God provided his help for his children that were in life-threatening danger of reigning sin, he stretched his hand out to them from his heights of the spoken-by-him word that is imprinted upon the heart of man. Then the Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered, and the rebuke of the Lord at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. First, uh, Second Samuel 22, 14 through 18. Here David talks about his old person and that God had delivered him from this evil 
person that lived within him. Every time we are obedient to the faith of God and counting ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the non-existent promise as existent, God receives the proper foundation to take the confession of the faith of our heart and place our feet upon high places of the confession of the con- confessed by us promises. God is my strength and power. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hand to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. 2 Samuel 22:33-35. Every time we prepare our heart to listen to the preached word more than a sacrifice, God receives the proper foundation to deliver us from the hand of the one that is stronger than us and lift us up upon the heights of Zion upon which he can we can celebrate. Hear the words of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off. Isles afar off are people or a person who is sanctified. A island is one that is separated from others that is sanctified. And so he says, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the heights of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the in the dance and the young man and the old together for I will turn their mourning to joy will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow I shall satiate the soul of the priests with abundance and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness says the Lord Jeremiah 31 10 through 14 every time when we in our worship to God upon his heights seek to know God in the wisdom of his word and not materialistic prosperity or the soul of our enemies or a long life we in this way give God the proper grounds to place upon the heights of our wise heart his wisdom which we are seeking as well as then what we are not seeking also riches wealth and glory then God said to Solomon because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor to the life of, or for the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Here he means to rule over yourself, over your emotions. <clears throat> If we will ask to be able to rule over ourselves and not somebody else, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. So Solomon came to Jerusalem from the high place that was at Gibeon from before the tabernacle of meeting and reigned over Israel. Considering that this symbol, not specifically items of riches, wealth, and wisdom, the symbol is the wealth of the faith of God that is received into our heart by instruction of faith. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? James 2.5 Every time God hears the groaning of a prisoner of sin who hates sin but does not have the strength to be free from this death, which is the reward for the sin, God immediately gives his, this person attention from his holy heights in order to give this person the ability to hallow upon Zion the name of the Lord and 
his praise in Jerusalem. For he looked down from the heights of his sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. Then the peoples are when the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Psalm 102, 19-22 Each time when the lies of the sons of foreign nations crash into us, just like large waters, and we call out to God so that He bowed down the heavens and deliver us from many waters, He stretches out His hand from the heights of heaven and saves us. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speak lying words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Psalm 144, 5-8 Considering that all of the virtues of God and His Church are from the times of old are artistically counterfeited by the fallen cherubim and His angels, these virtues exist in the heights of God but also upon the heights of man that are being supported by organized powers of darkness that resist the heights of God and present themselves as the heights of God. The heights of man that are built by man unlike the heights of God in Hebrew have an opposite definition. The heights of man are heights that are built by man by a man's authorship and identify a concealed atmosphere of sin that in result bears death of the grave. Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord your, uh, their God things that were not right and they built for themselves high places in all their cities because he saw that God always responds on high places so they themselves began to build these high places. And they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtowers to fortified cities. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high high hill and under every green tree. There they burnt incense on all the high places like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them, and they did wicked things to provoke, provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing. 2 Kings 17, 9-12 It is upon one of these heights that are opposite of God's heights and hateful to God heights, Balak, the king of the Moabites, by the command of Balaam, whom he called from his place and built seven altars and brought upon each of these an oxen and a sheep. Then Balak offered oxen and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal, that from there he might observe the extent of the people. Then Balaam said to Balak, built seven altars for me here and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams upon these heights and Balak did just as Balaam had spoken and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar then Balaam said to Balak stand by your burnt offering and I will go perhaps the Lord will come to meet me and whatever he shows me I will tell you so he went to a desolate height <clears throat> And so Balaam perfectly knew that God will not respond uh, to him upon uh, the heights of Baal, uh, Baal. So he went to a desolate height. So he then 
If you could pay attention here, Balaam went to a place that God had previously appointed that he communicate with him. And so when the children of God try to do this, they will not experience what they think and they from their own heights will be corrected or receive will receive correction. For behold, I begin to bring calamity on the city which is called by my name. And should you be utterly unpunished, you shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword on all the inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore prophesy against them all or prophesy against them all these words, and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He will roar mightily against his fold. He will give a shout on those who tread the grapes against the inhabitants of the earth in order to fulfill the condition in order to live uh, in the devouring fire. It is necessary for us to look upon the reward and that our looking at this reward, we accompany it with uh, thanksgiving and praise. Therefore glorify the Lord in the dawning light, the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we have heard songs, glory to the righteous, but I said, I am ruined, ruined, woe to me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously, indeed, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Fear the pit, the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of earth, and it shall be that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare, for the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is violently broken, the earth is split open, the earth is shaking exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and from like a drunkard, and shall t- totter like a hut. Isaiah 24, 15-20 and so when it's talking here about judging the old person in our nation our father's house and ourselves is to put off the former man and to call upon the Lord upon these aisles and so that is perform a total sanctification for a total dedication to God the second element of the reward within our heart that if we don't look at it will not give us any ability to live in this devouring fire is to place a prepare a place of defense which will be the fortress of rocks David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph Saul sought him every day but God did not deliver him into his hands and so in the given situation, the reward that we are to look to so that we can live in this devouring fire, the lot of the name of God of Israel is with the lot of the name of God, my stronghold. And so the unapproachable or the desolate places, as it were, here, this height is a stronghold upon a mountain to be strong, to be fortified, to be a uh, stronghold, to be wise and to be crafty, to be able to obtain knowledge, in order to be abiding within the heights of the unapproachable places, it is necessary to possess the virtue of an eagle. Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? On the rock it dwells and, re- and resides, on the crag of the rock and the stronghold. From there it spies out the prey, its eyes observe from afar, its young ones suck up blood, 
and where the slain are, there is Job 39, 27 through 30. In this given situation, our reward is the deadness of the Lord Jesus Christ that we carry in our body as a testimony that we have died or in our body, died in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for the law that reveals sin within our body. And this gives us the proper grounds that we need, just like the eagle, to lift ourselves up in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The third uh, element of the reward in our hearts so that we can live in the devouring fire is the bread from above that will be given to us. And it's talking about a form of bread that is wisdom, which is our reward that is given to us as a reward to every person who has a wise heart as an imperishable treasure. I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you, Exodus 31.6. We need to <clears throat> keep in mind that bread in the wisdom of the imperishable treasure is given to our wise heart exclusively in ways that are not uh, accessible to the human mind. And this is in allegories, parables, in mysteries that are not just accessible to the man of the flesh, but are actually not acceptable to him. Just like Egyptians, for Egyptians, the the sheep and the sheep, uh, the 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 lamb and the lamb's meat were all abominable for them, and they did not eat or uh, touch of it. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull, their ears and heart ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts to turn so that it should I should heal them but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it Matthew thirteen ten through 17 in the last days, God is revealing the mysteries, the treasures that the first church only uh, saw in shadows, as it were. And so Apostle Peter wrote that it is being revealed, this inheritance, and can only be revealed in the last days. And we are living in these last days where many kings and righteous men wanted to live to hear what you today are hearing. One of the most unaccessible allegories uh, for the mind of man is the drink as or the food in the uh, form of the body of Christ and the drink as the blood of Christ that 
for the many that are in the category of the called are is still not understood and not accessible to them. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was, in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24. When we begin to comprehend the power of the cross of Christ and the power of the blood of Christ, then at this time we are eating the body of Christ. Here it's talking about his death, because in this death he gave himself so that we can eat bite of his death so that we can inherit his resurrection. The fourth element of the reward within our heart without which we will not be have any opportunity or ability to fulfill conditions to live in that devouring uh, uh, fire is the living water of the Holy Spirit received by us, uh, by us as the Lord and Master. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Why can many not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They don't have thirst. They're curious. They have fear, but they can't receive. And so Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7, 37-39 In this situation, the Holy Spirit will be given to any person that waits and is thirsty for the revelations of the truth that abides within his heart as the elementary teaching of Christ. And now, as we in a specific format, we are familiar with the reward that we have studied in the uh, four we've listed above that is given to a person in, in Zion as the uh, wise wife. We will pay attention to the price for the right to live in this all-consuming or devouring fire. And so, this is he who dwells on high, his place of defense will be the fortress of rocks, bread from above will be given him, the living water of the Holy Spirit received by us as the Lord and Master of our life. And so to walk in righteousness and to speak the truth in our heart will be the first in the list of prices. Psalm 15, 1, 2, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill, he who walks upright and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. To speak righteousness and truth in your heart, it is necessary to have specific knowledge that is received by instruction and faith. What qualities does the righteousness of God have and truth? How do we differentiate righteousness from lawlessness and truth from lies in our heart? And what do the scriptures say about performing righteousness and speaking truth in your heart? Otherwise, the command to perform righteousness and speak truth in your heart will remain for us as a uh, washed out uh, subject that each one will try to interpret in their own way. We need to not forget that all commands that are given to us by God is our imperishable treasure in Jesus Christ. And we can inherit it as a student of Christ. 
According to scripture, I shall remind us that a student is the inner position of active humility that is rejecting your understanding so that you can receive the understanding of the teacher. This form of humility activates the grace of God. As it is written, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. First Peter 5, 5. Therefore, the question to listen to the word of God, and by this, then, we are called to walk in righteousness and speak truth within our heart. We need to make the decision and pretty much focus our mind on being students and not inspectors. And so this is a collaborative and everyday work between God and man where the role of God is as the giver of our imperishable treasure. He gives us specific conditions based upon which a person can enter into the inheritance of God as the inheritance of the Rock of Israel, and God gives His help or provides His help because we humbly obey His Word, and that is the Word that comes from His delegated ones, that we are then to place into our heart and the Holy Spirit then will reveal that truth that we put into our heart. And so then we are able to learn in, by what means, what time, and in what sequence we are to fulfill the one or the other condition. And from man's side, collaborating with God to inherit the pure and imperishable treasures of God allows uh, a person to, allows God to then enter into our body and make us make our body uh, cl be clothed into the pearl nacre that we proclaim with our mouth. The means of any kind of help, which is the inheritance of God's mercies that has the consistency of all of God's promises is worshiping God in spirit and in truth. What is prayer? Prayer is the foundation a person gives God so that God can may, may, God may intervene into our life and on earth. And so the foundation that we are called to give God in order to intervene so that His mercy may intervene in our life is the Word of God that abides within our heart in the form of His will. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your Spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Psalm 143.10-12 It's important to understand what prayer is, because prayer, as I repeat, is the Word of God that comes out of the mouth of God. And so when we take this Word of God that comes out of the mouth of God and pray it, when we put the teaching into our heart and then pray these words that we put into our heart, the reason why the church continues to stay in belittlement is because look where prayer, when prayer begins, wherever it may be. 
either in the Pentecostal church, Baptist churches, uh, do they pray the words of God? Each one prays with his own mind. Only a few pray with his word. They take the word, uh, prayer words that are in the Bible, the truth that is God's, and then pray. The Psalm of David and other places uh, from the law that they pray with, they use when they have at times that are hard for them. Why not take examples from the Bible? Why are we trying to construct things for ourselves? I understand when you know the scriptures very well, you have memorized them, say very, very well, then there are many places you could take and then unite them together so that it come one from the other and uh, flows one from the other. And so if David would not have acknowledged the authority of the prophets of God over himself and would not have uh, completed his prayers or prayed these prayers in righteousness and holiness, he would not have had any rights or ability to be uh, heard by God. He said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But God heard. Certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Psalm 66, 18 through 20. To hate lawlessness in the in your heart means to acknowledge them and confess them before the face of God's delegated ones, as David did before Prophet Nathan, who had corrected him in the sin and taught him how to pray, which allowed God to forgive him and release his sins uh, by the words of Nathan. When Nathan came and corrected him, for the deed that he had, the transgression that he had commit, committed. And he gave him this example of when a rich man, there was a rich man and then there was a stranger that came and visited him. He took the neighbor's lamb who had only one, one lamb and had nothing else. He took that one lamb and prepared it and gave it to the, the this guest that he had, this rich man had. And David says, where's this person? He needs to be punished. And, and Nathan said, King, it is you. And he immediately understood what he did. Uh, Nathan didn't need to tell him anything more. He understood that it was him and what he did. And he confessed and said, I must die. And Nathan told him, you will not die because God has removed your sins, has taken your sins away. There are many Christians that complain today. What is this David? What is this terrible act he committed? He killed a person and they continue to complain against him. How many people tell me, uh, why do you continue to lift this David up, this Abraham up? That's from the Chaldeans. Why do you continue to talk about him? The unclean, they stumble upon what? What God has cleansed, what God has forgiven, they continue to call as unclean. God said to Apostle Peter, what I have cleansed, don't consider unclean. He showed him, the uh, he, in the example of unclean animals, he said, take it and eat it. And Peter said, I have never eaten anything that was unclean, but God told him, what I have cleansed, don't consider unclean. And so these unclean animals, but now they're cleansed because I said so. Take and eat it. 
And so the Psalm of David, the teaching, Blessed is he who, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not input iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 32, 1, 2. Why? Because the sin that David uh, committed was not in his heart. It was as a stranger that came from, uh, not from within him. And you know how a stranger comes from outside when we're not vigilant. This happens when we're not vigilant, when we're doing not what we need to be doing. This is when the stranger will come, or comes, this lust will come that distracts a person and he becomes very much afraid. David never had this uh, this problem, these issues. Where did it, this lust come from? It's written when the when the kings went out to battle, King David was remained at home and was just wandering upon his the roof of his his fortress, his 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 castle, and he saw in the neighboring uh, friend's house that he had his thirty captains. He saw his wife that was bathing, and he sent the servants and said, bring her, bring her to me, and he lay with her. For kings, it was at the time normal, but not the kings of Israel, not for the kings of Israel. Why did this happen? If we, at the time of service, when service is happening, but we, without reason, forsake the services. We don't honor the Sabbath because the service is always the Sabbath of the Lord. It is always the Sabbath of the Lord. And when we don't honor the Sabbath, we find justifying reasons, uh, then absolutely the stranger will come and we will fall into some sort of sin. And then for a long time, we will try to be pull, uh, climb out of them. It didn't happen immediately with David. He was living, a person will cover his sins maybe for years and it's embar- he's embarrassed to confess it. And then he suddenly finds himself in a, in a very deep hole and he then realizes, am I going to perish or what will happen to me? It's better not to abandon or forsake your church. That there's a great reward for what is your church? Many people abandon their churches and they go to churches that where the truth of God is then mixed with human ideas. And I look at these people with much sorrow. They tell me, Pastor, bless me. I'm going to get married. But I can't say, I'm not going to bless you, but I say the doors open. Talk to your marital partner. This is your house where you come, where you're thinking to go. Remember that those this is not in that church. I can tell them with authority that not a single surrounding us church here has this teaching that God has given to us here, to me here. And they take and they mix the revelations of God with their own ideas. They have some people that may have revelations, but as the structure is, this person does not have authority. He doesn't, he's not the only one who speaks. He speaks and then another comes out to speak and mixes up the revelations that truly were given from God with his own ideas and people eat this. And now think, if God is faithful to his word, 
The Lord knows how to save those that are in Babylon. He somehow will bring this news to them and they will come out from Babylon. Because those that are there, and there's always a small, small uh, group that is sanctifying themselves. And so in our prayer battles for our personal flesh that is supported by personified sin and personified death as well as the unclean and lawless uh, products of the devil which the church has become uh, filled with, we need to be heard by God and by being instructed in the faith and abide in righteousness and perform righteousness and speak the truth in our heart. If you consider uh, truth lies and lies the truth or the truth is deception, deception is the truth, a person will not be able to differentiate if he's not instructed. That's why God has sent his leaders for this. He He sent his apostles for this. We need, you need to be an apostle. What is an apostle? Is one who is sent. This is one who is sent. This is a person to whom the word of God has been revealed. When he reads the word, he sees it. He sees its meaning. He sees the meaning in the symbols, in the allegories. You know how many people complain against us, against me, why are he's always in the parables and the proverbs? Why not just speak simply? We just preach the New Testament, they say. The New Testament is the interpretation of the allegories, parables of the Old Testament. And it is written in mystery still. We think that we read the New Testament and we fully understand it. We can't fully understand the thoughts of God. These are God's thoughts. And if they're not revealed by the preached word, there's one way that... When a person uh, tries to saying, I by myself will get there and begins to study, he uh, comes to very surprising conclusions which are not the revelations of the Holy Spirit, but he thinks or, or perceives them as this. And then he says these things in the church to other people and they want him then to preach from the stage because they say it's such revelations that... Uh, one individual had written a book to sit, walk, and to resist. In the beginning, we sit, then we walk, then we battle or resist. But the scriptures say in order to sit, you need to learn to walk. And to learn to walk, you need to learn to battle. You first battle, you resist the devil with your faith, and then you begin to walk by faith, and then you sit, you reign. To sit is to reign. You see how they're completely uh, turned over and not in the right order that God gives it in. Let us be careful who we're listening to. That it be someone sent by God. Especially be careful when you listen to mass forms of information media, uh, when the official medics say something, there will be truth, there will be truth there, but when it's not an official medic that speaks, that may be YouTube that is contradicting to truth, 
saying, oh, well, this is dangerous, this is dangerous, and they will bring examples. Always remember, these are deception, these are lies. And also remember why it's a deception, because the devil, it's not beneficial that the people be vaccinated. It's not beneficial to him. It is beneficial to him that we get sick and die, that that we have uh, difficulties after and suffering from these illnesses. People don't understand that this is beneficial for the devil, for God is beneficial. He sent a blessing in this vaccine. And they tell me, why are you preaching not Christ but vaccines? I preach Christ that God gave us doctors, God gave us medicine, and because of this medicine and doctors, many have become healed. And the vaccine is, is a medicine. We have enough people right now that are sick with the corona virus and they're at home and I ask those that are at home if there's someone sick at home uh, with coronavirus right now please if there's any in the family please don't come uh, it to the church for at least two weeks into it physically some say well I'm I have a strong immune system I've met some of these people that are very strong very strong immune systems but they die within three to four days and so this virus is deadly, especially to the category between 30 years of age to 45. You see what generation it's uh, trying to eliminate, the not the elder. Yes, this is vengeance for sin. Yes, people was because of sin brought this about, but God is merciful. And don't listen to all kinds of rumors understand correctly a vaccine cannot have something that will control you that they somehow will manipulate you a chip or something like that I say if there is some kind of chip you can put in any liquid in any juice you could take a coke that you love so much or kvass or any other uh, drink beverage you like they'll put it in you'll drink it up you won't even know but if you believe that in a vaccine, this something that will control you exists there, or that, or some say it's okay after a year everybody will die or perish. After a year they won't die. Those who most like more likely could die are those who did not take the vaccine. And so many believe and are afraid. Where is this fear? Because they're not listening to me when I tell you what God has said. They just listen to other uh, other people. People from other churches call me and ask me, what do you think about vaccines? And I tell them and they say, thank you, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do this. But suddenly there are people that come out and say, are upset, start complaining. Don't be upset. Don't complain. I love you. I understand you. You opened your ear. You, you had an earful of information from somewhere else. We are focused on one spring, and you will be blessed. Amen. Let us bend our knees and our heads and let us pray.
Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, again and again I thank you upon this blessed Bayou place that you in a miraculous way have kept for us, have appointed for us, so that upon this place you can proclaim your truth and your words. I thank you that the enemy of human humans, people, use unle- un- unclean, lawless people have not taken, these people have not taken this place from us, although they tried. You, in a miraculous way, have destroyed all of their plans and have given us this place. We thank you for that. We thank you for this surprising word that we can live amongst this devouring fire, that this devouring fire of holiness is not something visible, it is something that is invisible inside of us. It represents your holiness in us and does not allow us to sin and separates a person from sin. <clears throat> gives him victory over sin. And specifically, such a person becomes your height, your high place. Their body becomes your high place from which you will save him as well as those people that will look to them. I thank you for your high and divine revelations. Teach us to fulfill your will so that your good spirit could lead us into that place, that land that you have promised us. And this land is our body that is called to be adopted and redeemed from corruption and death. We have accepted this promise and even now we proclaim and we thank you that you have thrusted out the old person with his deeds from our body and that you have erected within our body the stronghold of life and have clothed our body into the surprising pearl nacre of immortality. You account this to us as righteousness. Your saints, when they consider themselves dead to sin, living for you, proclaiming that non-existent promise as it were visibly as existent. Blessed are you and blessed is your mercy in these words. You work through information. You take our lips as the throne of power and you lead our feelings because of our confessions. Allow your holy nation to finally pull away from their emotions, not be led by them, but heal them and to have them lead them, because emotions that lead a person are always wounded, they're always crying, mourning, they're always hurting. But when we lead our emotions, then they will be healed. Our emotions will begin to rejoice and be glad and will help us. But for this, it is needed that we confess the faith of our heart with our mouth. Every time the emotion begins to suffer, every time is wounded, 
I thank you, Lord, for your greatness. May you arise in the hearts of your people and may the works of the devil be destroyed in your nation, in their bodies, in their souls. May the strongholds of death of Satan be destroyed in their minds, the false strongholds, and may your strongholds arise. Elevate your nation to your heights. Allow your nation to destroy the human strongholds in their mind that they themselves have created because they have opened their ears and listened to information that comes from men and not from you. We thank you that you are our God and that we are your children. We thank you that you have saved us together with our house. And whatever may be with our children or wherever they may be right now, we may rejoice and be glad and thank you for them as they are saved. Because you said you and your house will be saved. I want that the hearts of your nation be comforted when Satan will try to attack the children so that they know how to behave and what to do. You have enough power, you have enough wisdom to return them, to bring them home if we will stand within the truth of your word and when we will confess that promise that we have accepted in the form of a seed. Because when we confess it, it begins to grow and finally becomes mature and becomes fruit. May your great hand be lifted up in your nation. Show your goodness to your nation. Show your grace to your nation in your power, in your mercy, in your healing because of your wisdom. Because your wisdom is greater than any healing. In it, there is healing. It can and is called to heal your holy nation. And so may a, a wise heart be given to every person that is upon this place and that will hear these words. Allow your inheritance to come out from Babylon. Stop mixing the things that are from God, revelations from God, with those rumors, information that we hear, we first need to become free from our personal Babylon because this Babylon is in every person when he attempts to, with his own mind, interpret and mix the things that are God's, the revelations of God, with their own personal opinions. Allow us to see this and refuse it is it better that we pray that God reveal it through His Word? We thank you, Father. If you have opened this Word, this truth, then you will allow us to use it as well. Do not account any kind of confusion or misunderstanding to the people or that they looked and listened to other wellspring and have taken from there. That's confused them now. Forgive them and do not account this as a sin. Teach them to listen and to look only at you so that you can be glorified in them and through them so that they would become those leaves for the healing of the nations 
so that the surrounding people, unfortunate people that do not have the truth, would be able to see that light and come to your light. Not many will find these narrow gates. Not many will discover them, although many will seek them. They will seek, but not where they're supposed to seek, and will not understand the very definition of narrow gates, which is why they won't find them. But we thank you that you have given us the ability, the revelation and knowledge, and we can find, and we can be here and to hear your word, to penetrate your truth, to be nourished by it, to rejoice in it, to be glad by it and be protected by it. May your mercy be glorified in us, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Amen and now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.